Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Jordan Harbinger from The Jordan Harbinger Show. Hi, this is Jack Canfield, co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Hey, this is JP Sears from AwakenWithJP.com. And if you want to learn how to network like me. And if you want to be the best networker you can be. And if you want to be as woke as I am. You should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast. The Build Your Network podcast. Build Your Network. With my good friend, Travis Chapel. Travis Chapel. Travis Chapel. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Welcome back to the Top Networking Tips series. Today is part three of this impactful topic. So if this is the first one that you're tuning into, go check out the first two shows in the series with Grant Cardone, Dean Graziosi, Ed Milet, and then Kevin Harrington, Chris Harder, and Jeff Hoffman. But do that after this episode because I'm absolutely stoked to present Top Networking Tips part three featuring Jordan Harbinger, Jack Canfield, and JP Sears. So many gold nuggets in this episode. Jordan is the creator of the Jordan Harbinger show that gets millions and millions of downloads every single month. He talks about networking and other aspects of social interaction all the time. Jack Canfield is obviously the beloved co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series one of the best-selling authors of all time and a personal development legend. And then JP Sears is a spiritual coach and creator of the ultra-spiritual YouTube comedy series that's absolutely hilarious and has been viewed hundreds of millions of times between YouTube and Facebook. He's also an author of a book that Tony Robbins wrote an endorsement for, so he knows a thing or two about networking himself. Please, please, please join many, many others and be sure to screenshot this episode and upload it to your Instagram story. Tag me, tag Jordan, tag Jack and JP, and I'll 
I'll be sure to head over there and reply to every single one of those messages. And now enjoy Top Networking Tips Part 3 with Jordan Harbinger, Jack Canfield, and JP Sears. How would you define networking? To, like somebody's like, I don't like that word. I don't like networking. I, I don't like doing that. It's, it's really spammy. I don't like it. I don't like having business cards thrown in my face. How would you define networking? Yeah. So that's why people avoid it, right? They feel like good people who think about it think, I don't necessarily know how to do this. And it makes me feel gross when other people do it because they're looking at the negative examples. But here's what people don't think about when they think about networking. They don't see people doing it right and doing it well most of the time. So when I think networking and relationship development, I'm not thinking, all right, how do I get to know this Travis guy so I can get on his show? What I'm doing is I'm thinking about how to help other people without the expectation of anything in return, principle number one. We call it ABG, always be giving, instead of ABC, always be closing. So always help other people without the expectation of anything in return. And then you have to do it in a scalable way. So what that means is if I'm a graphic designer, I'm not just doing a bunch of free graphic design for people because I'll go bankrupt. What I'm doing is I'm looking inside my network and going, okay, Travis just started a new business. He said something about taxes. I know an awesome CPA for small businesses that are in the digital realm. Hey, Travis, you want this introduction to the CPA? He's going to help you save a bunch of money on taxes. Yeah, I would love that. Great. So that's scalable. I can make 15 email introductions in a day in half an hour, right? I can't make free website graphics for 15 people in a month without going hungry. Hmm. So that's what's scalable about it. I'm connecting two people or three people or multiple people in my network to each other that can help one another. So then I got twice the amount of social capital coming back to me because they're like, oh, we owe you one. Thanks for connecting us. And I did 1% of the work, right? I connected them instead of doing the actual legwork and trying to do free work for people to get them to like me or get some other sort of result. So one, give without the expectation of anything in return. Two, do it in a scalable way. Three, another thing that causes people to shy away from networking and relationship development is the idea of they don't want to owe somebody something and have it blow up in their face. So Mm. when people help you and they keep score because they're not really giving the expectation of something in return, they're keeping score. Say that somebody... introduce you to somebody and then I introduce you to somebody else and then I introduce you to somebody else and then I introduce you to somebody else. And then one day I'm like, I'm picking you up from the airport. Another day I'm driving you home from the airport. And then another day I got you a speaking gig. And then finally I write an ebook on dog grooming. It's not a good fit for your audience. I'm like, Hey dude, can you sell my book to your audience on dog grooming? And you're like, "Mm, it's not really a good fit for my audience. Now, if I've given without the expectation of anything in return, I'm like, oh, all right, well, I understand that. I'm a little disappointed, but I understand. Can you connect me with somebody who you think it might be a good fit? But if I'm keeping score, what's going on in my head is I go, screw you, Travis, you know? Come on, man, I've helped you out a ton. What's your problem? I might not even say that. I might just be passive aggressive a bunch. And Mm -hmm. you're wondering why Mm -hmm. our friendship is now stale. And that becomes a problem because I'm poisoning our own relationship by keeping score. So you have no idea what went wrong And meanwhile, I'm like, screw this guy. He's a dick. What a taker. When you're not at all. I had a covert contract in my head. I had an agreement that you didn't know about. And that agreement said, if I help Travis enough, he owes me and he'll have to do what I need him to do. Right. And that's why a lot of people don't want to be in a networking scenario because they don't know how to ask for what they want or they're afraid to do that. Or worse, they're worried that if they do enough of this, then people are going to ask them to do things that they don't want to do. And so they don't want to have to set boundaries. So there's a lot of things and we could talk, that's a whole 
each one of these is probably a whole show, but right, that's right. where people are starting to go wrong because they're thinking about this in the wrong way. So and they're also thinking about networking transaction, you know, right, and that's a problem. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Transactionally. So that brings me to my next question, which is because since I've been starting the show, that's always my biggest piece of advice. So when you're in a networking situation and I'm like, oh yeah, I have a, a podcast about networking, whatever. And then somebody's just trying to make good conversations. So they go, well, what's your number one tip on networking? I always say, well, give, you know, just be giving, give without expecting anything returned. Basically exactly what you just said. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The number one question I always get in return is, aren't you worried about like somebody taking advantage of you? How do you respond to that question? Sure. That's a good place to wrap this one because I do get asked that a lot myself. If you think somebody is taking advantage of you, and you don't have this experience with a lot of people. So here's the caveat. It's pretty rare that someone's going to take advantage of you. If you find that, quote unquote, everyone takes advantage of you, it's probably you. Hmm. You're either filtering in these people or you're kind of a victim for some other reason, real or not. That said, if someone is taking advantage of you and you really are convinced that they are, one way to test this is to ask them for some simple thing. And if they are, say no then maybe they are a taker and they have no intention of ever helping you. However, most people won't do this, right? If you're giving and giving and giving and you expect a result and they don't give you what you want, ask yourself if there's a covert contract, ask yourself if you're keeping score and ask yourself if you really did give without the expectation of anything in return. It doesn't mean you always have to give no matter what. What it means is you have to give when you're willing to give without the expectation of anything in return. So if you've been helping someone and they've never helped you, it doesn't mean they're taking advantage of you. If you have helped someone and they refuse to help you even with small things, then they're probably taking advantage of you. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. 
I told you this a little bit before we hit the record button. Yeah. I spoke with Dr. Ivan Meisner, the mm-hmm. CEO or CVO, excuse me, now of uh, BNI, father of modern networking, CNN calls him and stuff. And mm-hmm. I asked him who the best networkers were that he knew. And two names came up. One of them was Sir Richard Branson and the other one was Jack Canfield. And from that point, that was back in September, like we were kind of just talking about. And from that point, I was like, man, I really got to get this guy on my show. What do you think makes you that way? Is it something that is just comes naturally to you to like really communicate no. with people or is it you had to work? No, it was not natural. I was very shy as a kid. If I didn't have a lab class with a girl in college, I never would ask her out for a date. We would <laughs> stand next to each other for a month, you know, kind of thing. So no, I was not naturally a networker. But what I learned early on as I started to work with Stone and people like that was who you know is as important as what you know. And I really started to intentionally go to things and to meet people. Okay that were either people that I knew could help me because they were like-minded or because they had access to large groups of people who might be interested in what I was about. You know, so I started attending conferences and going to workshops and going to church on Sunday, even though I wasn't like really super into church, but, and I did enjoy it when I go, but I would meet people there and I would reach out to them and I started introducing myself. One of the things Ivan Meisner teaches, whenever you go somewhere, act like a host. Hmm. In other words, if you come into my house, I'm going to go, Hey, Travis, welcome. Here's my wife, Inga. This is Patty, you know, whatever. But often we'll go to a networking event or any event that could be a networking event like church and we'll wait for something to happen. We'll start pretending it's your church. Now, someone walks in, hey, I'm Jack Canfield. How long have you been going here? You know, blah, 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 whatever. Now that changed everything for me. Wow, yeah. Is that something you picked up from him? Like, I think I picked, the general idea up from someone else, but I never okay. had it stated articulated yeah, the way he did it. And once he stated that, I did it much more aggressively. Yeah, more on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Tell us about a time, a specific time that you can remember, JP, that a connection in your life led to a big moment of success for you. Yeah, well, I love that. There's a lot. A particular one, uh, there's an organization that I had done uh, I don't know, a handful of speaking gigs for. They have these events and they bring me out to be a speaker. And it was awesome. And in the point person, I had just developed a friendship with her. She'd pick me up from airports, take me to my place I'm staying. So after a few conversations, you know, we have a friendship. And, you know, and along the way, I learned she used to work for Tony Robbins. It's like, okay, cool. Sounds like a great experience. But then when I had a book coming out, I realized, well, I would love to have Tony Robbins endorse it for me. And I had gotten wind that he's been showing some of my videos on stage during some of his events. So, you know, having this lady in my network Mm -hmm. was amazing. She made the introduction to Tony's EA. And anyway, he was very happy to give me a book endorsement. In fact, he invited me to be his guest at one of his events, which was amazing. That was a life-changing experience unto itself. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Which event did you get to get to? It was the uh, Unleash the Power Within event. Okay. That's awesome, man. That's such a great connection. I think that also brings in the whole what you know aspect too, because you obviously had some credibility with Tony for him to be able to endorse the book. So that's an interesting story because it it definitely brings us the connection, but it also brought us the whole like, Hey, like if you're not good at what you do, then typically you're not going to be able to capitalize on the opportunities you may have based on the people in your network. Yeah. I couldn't agree more on that. When I look at call it people who are 
approaching me to get into my network or maybe, and on the other hand, when I'm approaching someone else, the most meaningful factor, in my opinion, is what you've done. And it's like there's a mutual respect there where it's kind of like when I'm able to show value that I've created, people just like, welcome me right into their network. Mm. And when I have someone, even though their field might be super unrelated, but I see why, like you're doing something big, like at least as big as I'm doing, but your own way, there's a mutual respect where I become very interested in that person. What I'm not interested in is what a person wants to do what their ideas are, what I'm very curious, what I'm very interested in and makes me, you know, want to create a connection with a person is what you've done. To me, like that's common ground, because I think when you've got people doing big things in their own ways, that becomes a common cup of communion that we can both drink from. And, you know, also sound a little cliche, but it also shows like there's some level of reciprocity and equal exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a particular way that you found to deal with people who are just idea people as far as, I mean, you do a lot of these events, you have a lot of people that know who you are. Is there like a way to come up to you and introduce yourself that just turns you off completely to having any sort of a connection with someone? Yes. (laughs) I'm sure sure you have quite a few of those (laughs) types of stories. The biggest allergy I have, Travis, feel like I need therapy over this, (laughs) is when people ask me, how can I support you, JP? Now, like that's inherently a great question and it sounds very altruistic and sometimes it is. Mm -hmm. Yet there's also like a feeling I have probably 80% of the time when I'm asked that question and the feeling is like there's something very incongruent going on. Mm. So oftentimes what happens to me is it feels like someone's asking me, JP, how can I support you? Because they're trying to get support from me. So that you them. can in turn support me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the law of reciprocity. I'm, I'm not an idiot. We've all heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a psychological urge for us to reactively ask that question in return, which I don't do unless I genuinely <laughs> mean it. So that whole thing, like, what can I do to support you? Like, I don't know. Not ask me that. <laughs> yeah, let's go back in time and we'll try again. And that's how you can support me. Yeah, that's, Absolutely. That's and, you know, I also, you know, I've had the experience with some incredibly well-experienced people who have done amazing things, who are very good people, and they'll tell me how they're going to support me. Yeah. They're like, JP, I want to do this for you. I, or I want you to come meet this person or let's talk about this. Whereas the question, how can I support you? It's like that puts a burden on me, which is saying, okay, JP, tell me how I can be valuable to you. And that's a, it's a challenging question to ask and it it can be sticky depending on the person. Right. So you're in this situation, let's say somebody's listening and they are completely guilty of asking this question the last dozen times they met somebody they want to meet. What would be your advice to them? How would you suggest them to be able to not just meet somebody, but be able to establish some sort of a connection that makes them remember them, you know, the next time they come up to them at an event? Is there a way that somebody's done that for you? And you're like, you know what, that that was actually really good. Yeah. When people genuinely care, 
and are interested. And it almost looks so unstrategic because if you just sat there in a conversation for a couple minutes and cared about the other person hmm. and were interested in them and not the usual like, what do you do and how do you do it? But like them as a person, yeah. when you express that care, which you can't fake, you can right. say the same words, but people are always more intelligent than we think they are. Mm-hmm. But people can feel if you care or not. So when you express care and you genuinely do care, man, that sticks with me. It really does. It, it's like it makes that person not just a figment in my memory bank of my thoughts, but now there's like an emotional connection. Like, wow, you you were a caregiver to me for five minutes. And that connects emotionally. So it's more of a visceral memory and fondness. And if you have to ask, well, how do I express care for to a person, then that probably means you don't actually care. Mm. So right. like, I don't know, right. go heal your heart. Right. And if I dare like answer that question that I just rhetorically asked, like, how do I express care? I think being willing to break social norms is how you express care. Like one worth the the conference reception and it's a cocktail situation and everybody's, you know, kind of got their little facades on as we do. That's not a place of expressing care, but you have to kind of break the facades, get real with people. It might be a little bit not within the social norms of like, we talk about the weather business and how many people are on your email list. But if you start to actually get real with people and break normal, like, wow, now you're able to actually express human care from your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it has to do with like the mindset that people have that just is really, really short term versus thinking just really, because that's kind of what I've experienced with people that ask those kind of questions and get in those kind of situations is that they're thinking like, what's the ROI on the $800 I spent on this event? How can I create some income from spending this money on this event and how can I do it within the next 48 hours? And they go up to you and say, how can I help? What can I do for you to make you want to do this for me? So you can share my video on all your platforms and that way we see this ROI here and there. Do you think it just stems from like this inability to see past the first time you meet somebody? I think that is a huge part of it. And I think it's very wise of you to see it that way. I, I happen to agree. That's why I said it was wise. Cause like, yeah, <laughs> I say it that way too, Trevor. And you know, to use a little bit of a crude analogy yet, I, I think it's accurate. If you're on a first date with someone being so short sighted to the point where it's like, okay, if I don't score with this person today, then I'm never gonna. And we all know like, okay, if you come on so strong on a first date where you're just trying to like, you know, really get this thing in the bedroom right off the bat, like that's going to repel most people. But, you know, actually enjoying yourself on a first date, like, yeah, it might not lead to anything, but it also might lead to a second date and then maybe a 10th date and so on. So the deep, rich experience, it's not going to happen in the short term. It's going to happen a few dates in. So yeah, I do think being whole-sighted rather than short-sighted is incredibly valuable. But there's a kind of a poverty consciousness, like a fear-based mentality of lack that says, if I don't get it now, I'm never going to get it. Mm. And I think we have to be willing to be scared, like, well, spend $1,000 to be at this conference. 
maybe it never pays off. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't. And that would be scary. But at the same time, if I can talk to people in a way where like, I don't have to get anything from them, ironically, we'll probably actually get more benefit from them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's so hard for a lot of people, I think, to not be able to slap an ROI on something. And I, I was in that category a few years ago because I'm a very like logical kind of math numbers thinker. And so it was difficult for me to kind of change the, my frame of mind in that. But when you start doing that kind of stuff, you just start realizing that you look at people who've been doing that for a long time and you realize that they're by themselves. They don't have any friends because they annoy everybody. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody's just kind of like avoiding them at the event because they're the guy that came up to them last time. (laughs) Gave them like a hundred of their flyers and like asked them, you know what I mean? It's just like, whoa, calm down, man. <laughs> like, I'm just trying, to, just trying to talk to my buddy here. <laughs> like, you know, feel absolutely. free to come in and have a part of the conversation, but like, don't give, I was literally at an event, like, I don't know, a month and a half ago, JP. And this dude comes up to us in this line that we were in and I was talking to three or four people. He just comes in, hands us all a flyer, like does not say a word. Like I thought it was like a flyer for the event or something. And then I look at it and it's just like a piece of marketing material for his business. And then he walks away. I was like, what are you trying to accomplish here, man? (laughs) Like, man, you know, I'm going to throw this in the trash immediately. Right. Like, are you just playing a numbers game? Like what? It's such a short term way of looking at it. It is a guy in the bar buys a lady a drink. She says yes. And then the next thing he says is, yeah, I'm staying upstairs in room 734. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little little loud in here. Can we go somewhere quieter? Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, you go. I'll stay here. (laughs) Right. Well, that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You might hear my guests and I talk a lot about masterminds on the show. They are literally what I attribute most of the new quality relationships in my life to. So if this is something that you are interested in at all, which it should be, then hit me up and let's chat to see if you would be a good fit for my mastermind, Build Your Network Alpha just shoot an email over to travis at buildyournetwork.co and let's talk about it. Have a fantastic rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.